Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Jess Chow and Sunny Fong. Jess Chow started Viren as a love letter to her family, which celebrates more than 40 years of luxury watchmaking. Growing up, she was immersed in watches and traveled often to watch factories around the world with her parents. She never thought she'd get into the family business back then. Instead, she focused her career on business strategy in Toronto. After a decade as a management consultant advising brands, she was ready to follow her passions for entrepreneurship and build a brand of her own. With time in focus, Jess saw an opportunity to create something special when she met Sunny. Sunny Fong, Project Runway All-Star and winner of Project Runway Canada, is driving the creative vision for Viren. His women's wear label, Vok, has received international acclaim and has been seen on the red carpets of the Cannes International Film Festival, the People's Choice Awards, and the Oscars. After nearly two decades in fashion, Sunny was inspired to venture into watch design after meeting Jess. So Sonny, and I'm looking forward to hearing about this, he approaches designing for Viren like he would a runway collection by focusing on structure, texture, and details. He had a vision, but translating his signature style from garments to gears was pretty challenging, so he flew to Switzerland to work directly with the pros. Welcome to the show, Jess and Sonny. Hi, how are you? Yes. I'm doing great. It's great to have both of you here. It's so much fun working with teams and 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 getting you know two perspectives at once so i'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to this conversation a lot just before we get started as our tradition here to help people understand what we want them to get out of this conversation by just discussing what 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 you guys think are sort of the top pieces of advice or learning that people will get from listening to the show for sure um yeah for me i think the key thing that I've learned the past year is to always stay curious. Um, I think for Sunny and I, we always kind of ask questions and challenge the status quo. Uh, You know, we're kind of the new kids on the block right now coming into the automatic watch world. And 
we are really trying to do find new ways of doing things. So, you know, asking questions and creating new ideas is really something that we're passionate about sharing today. Cool. Sunny, any yeah. other thoughts? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, like as curious as we are, you know, we uh, are faced with a lot of challenges and and decision making. And one of the things that, you know, I've always um, learned, you know, even on Project Runway was to always trust your instincts and trust your gut. And I think, you know, that will sort of help you decide on and direct you where you want to go. Very cool. Be curious. Trust your gut. Okay, Love it. Exactly. <laughs> Are you guys a good team? Because there's there's a really nice um, relationship between those two pieces of advice from two very different people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do, we both love food, so we do, we definitely <laughs> trust our gut. <laughs> Are you a good team? Absolutely. Yeah. What makes yeah. you a good team? It, uh, it's interesting because uh, whenever Sunny and I talk about our partnership, we always say that like, we're the art and the science. And we always come at kind of problems in two very different ways. You know, I come from it from a more of an analytical business side. And Sunny is definitely more from the art and designer side. But solving the same problems and having the same vision, um, it's usually the times when, you know, we have different points of views or the times when we disagree where I know like we're really onto something because, um, you know, not a lot of people are having these kind of conversations where there's tension between, um, you know, that art and science. So, um, Sunny, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are tense moments and then out of all those tense moments, you know, like beauty sort of shines. Um, we have these beautiful solutions for our problems. Um, definitely like, you know, just as the yin and my yang and, you know, we definitely complement each other. We're strong in our, in what we do on, you know, just as the, definitely the business mind behind all this. And I'm the creative that sort of executes all her beautiful ideas. So, um, together we're just a perfect couple, I guess. I mean, partnership. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let's talk about Viren. So you guys have decided that there's opportunity in the market for $2,000. We're talking Canadian dollars. So it's a little 2000 plus, I guess. Uh, $2,000 luxury watches at a time when everyone's carrying a phone and seems to be proud of no longer being tied to a wristwatch. So, so, so what's going on? Yeah, right. We're going old school with this. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there still a market for watches? And how easy it is, is it to crack the luxury market? Yeah, I mean, two very complex questions there. Um, we actually see, you know, the automatic watch as something that is a really beautiful, you know, heritage piece of art that is actually a bit of a dying craft in today's digital world. And uh, Sunny and I are, you know, getting a little bit older. And, you know, after I think what happened with 2020, we were just feeling really in a bit of a digital overload, you know? I don't really need to see another notification and screen these days. And when we learned really about the beauty of these automatic movements, uh, you know, they were uh, invented really centuries ago and there's over 160 pieces in there and they work perfectly together to tell time. And if you actually take care of your automatic watch, it's something that can last you forever. And we were really kind of inspired by this story and we were talking to our friends and, you know, colleagues, they didn't really know what it was. We had multiple people ask us, you know, is, is that an Apple watch? <laughs> um, <we're> like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like the office. You know? 
Um, and the more we kind of talked about it, the more people were very fascinated by it. And we were like, hey, this is a story we have to share. And we really have to kind of introduce it to today's generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely like the watch industry is it's still in business. It's still thriving. Um, but I think, you know, the the knowledge that's out there in terms of that, you know, this beautiful craft and that people can actually purchase these items. It's just as beautiful as a, you know, beautiful pair of shoes too. You know, it's, it's that same idea of like really finding this, um, you know, luxury product that actually has a lot of value. And the fact that it's been around for centuries is the value. It's, it's just like a good old car that, um, you know, always stands the test of time and you're like, wow, that you know antique car has that beautiful look and hear the engine roar and it's a very similar feeling that we get with our watches i i really feel the love of product for, for for from both of you and for jess i know it's a family thing but i think it was always sort of a was it was it an interest of yours sunny to 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 get involved <laughs> in something like this i mean i love design and getting involved with this is like it's great. It's fulfilling one of my dreams. I think uh, when I was 10, I entered a watch design competition. No way. Uh, <laughs> it was like way back when, when I was a kid and there was this competition at a department store. It's like, oh, design a watch and, you know, they'll feature it if you win. And I obviously didn't win, but <laughs> that's sort of, this brings back all those memories and, you know, meeting Jess and having the opportunity to, you know, steer my design abilities or my creativity into um, into this sort of beautiful craft. Um, it's just an opportunity that I couldn't say no to. Very cool. So how did you two guys meet? And at what point then did you also see that you had an opportunity to be, to be business partners? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sunny and I actually kind of worked together. So we kind of knew um, how each other kind of thought and our workflow. And we really where did you work together? We worked at a marketing agency together and oh, okay. um, yeah, um, I took a break from my fashion line for a while and it's like, I'm going to dig my, um, sort of dig my teeth into sort of like something new and try something else for a little bit and reflect on, you know, what I want, what path I want to get into. And that's where I met Jess at this marketing agency and um, we just sort of got along really well. <laughs> And then Jess told me about her family and their luxury business. And I'm like, ooh, let's design a watch together. <laughs> <laughs> Did you dig out those, uh, th those old drawings from grade school? Uh, no, but <laughs> I did talk about them. <laughs> so yeah, Jess was telling me about her family. And that's um, where um, we just got the ball rolling. Yeah, and it's just so interesting because uh, for me, like both my parents actually have been in luxury watchmaking. And so naturally, it was actually something that I was, wasn't was interested in at all. Um, I really tried to kind of steer away from that. I kind of studied brand and business um, and uh, kind of focused on building my career as a management consultant. Um, but when I kind of turned 30, I kind of felt this like overwhelming need to just spend less time working and more time on things I was passionate in. Um, and starting a business was something that I always wanted to do. And it was really cool when, you know, Sunny and I kind of had that conversation and it was really kismet. And I, yeah. I realized it was really not something I wanted to do, but it was kind of who I am. <laughs> Jess, I've got to ask you. How has that ambition for working less, how's that working out? 
it's interesting because like I think people quantify the word work differently when you're really passionate and you really care about something like we're definitely working probably on an hours basis more but it doesn't feel like work because it's just building something that we really want to put out into the world that's beautiful do you feel the same way sunny Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer of like doing what you love. Um, and when you love it, it's not work. So definitely not going to lie. Like we are working way more hours than we usually do, but, um, you know, it's, it's really rewarding just even like accomplishing, you know, the day-to-day stuff. It, like that it's just satisfying you know to sort of see your, the outcome um so immediately and it's and it belongs to us you know i think that's really the satisfying part of it so can you give me a bit, a bit of a timeline in here of when you started how long it took you to design and uh, and 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 to market uh the first watch and what signs of progress you're seeing Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing that we kind of learned with kind of the luxury watchmaking industry is that it actually takes quite a long time to handcraft a Swiss-made watch. It takes over six months, actually. Um, and we actually spent a lot of time on the design as well. So I think this journey started um, back in kind of 2019. But Sunny, do you want to talk through about? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like, it started from like, you know, a us joking around, I was like, oh, let's work together, design a watch. And I mean, it took about a couple of years, I'm not gonna lie, it, um, developing the, the product itself and really learning um, about the industry um, in a really rapid pace, um, even learning how to create um, and design a watch. Um, we did that really rapidly, um, but um, it was such a process. It, it took about a couple of years. It's interesting because, as uh, Sunny mentioned, uh, the competition that he entered earlier, and uh, we learned so much why he didn't win, because actually this isn't just a design um, kind of exercise. Uh, this is really a mechanical piece of engineering, right? And so, hey, the dial and the hands need to be in a certain way because it needs to be balanced. It actually needs to have a movement inside that works. Mm-hmm. And it's on your wrist, so you know if it smashes against something, um, it still needs to kind of perfectly work. So there's all these you know operational considerations that we didn't kind of know at the beginning of the design process, and understanding a lot of the craftsmanship and how things are made really helped us understand how to create a a well-made product that will really last. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of fast fashion out there, and that's not really something that we're interested in kind of uh, exploring with our with our kind of uh, direction. Right. So when did you launch the first product and what kind of reaction did you get in the marketplace? Well, we launched last year during COVID. <laughs> I mean, we planned, we- Good we, choice. We, yeah, I know. I think, you know- I don't us, have to be yeah. anywhere till February. <laughs> well, we'll be around. Um, for us, I mean, you know, I'm a firm believer of like the show must go on. I mean, you know, I, I truly, I think, you know, we moved um, a little bit more uh, aware of like the circumstance and we learned from the environment um, during COVID um, and really try to like um, maximize sort of our launch. Um, We took our time in sort of how we were going to message and really, you know, um, really sort of looked at the business. decades ahead or like years ahead, you know, and really 
facing with you know a sort of situation like COVID, we're like, how do we optimize optimize our business to face times like this um, that may occur in the future as well? So I mean, I might call it a blessing sometimes that this you know has allowed us to be ready and prepared to you know sustain our business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, being creative is something that's also important. Um, when you're kind of someone that's young and kind of specialty getting into a space with a lot of people you kind of want to do things that are different and i think the benefit of us is that we're really agile and we can make decisions really quickly so you know being a little bit more bold and daring i think is something that we always preach um you know in the middle of the pandemic uh and lockdowns this year, um, one of our favorite events, Pride, was canceled. And we were really kind of sad about it. And we wanted to do something happy and positive. So we decided to just, you know, rent our own truck and, you know, put a rainbow <laughs> balloon on it and drive around Toronto with, you know, Safonda Cox performing just as something that is a fun and creative way to put something happy into the city. So that's very cool. Yeah, we had our own Pride float around the city during Pride. And, <laughs> you know, we did a social distancing drag show on the curb. But I mean, it was definitely one of those things where we're like, we're able to, you know, have these ideas and execute them um, just like really overnight um, and having people who believe in us. Um, and, you know, having that type of support um, um, is amazing. Mm-hmm. What can you tell me about the market response? Are you a big hit? Absolutely. <laughs> I love to believe that. Um, actually, you know, when we have we had our launch in September, we had just a little private little showing with um, friends and family and industry as well. And, you know, the response to the product has been very positive. Um, they see definitely they felt like there was a unique product um, that they haven't seen before. And, you know, they felt close to it just because um, they know us very well. And to see sort of the execution and the level of, you know, sort of quality and standards that um, we've sort of maintained and pushed forward um, really shined. And we definitely got a lot of sort of responses and, you know, how our products, um, you know, compare to what they've seen out there. And we've got a lot of feedback from that. Um, And then we're just really trying to really push our sort of presence um, into the international watch market as well. So we are progressively um, getting visibility that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. With uh, everything happening with the world last year, I thought we were prudent to make sure that, you know, we were kind of soft launching it and being very considerate about how we were kind of planning the business. Uh, With 2021, I think there's a lot of positive kind of momentum and energy in the air. So we're excited to kind of um, kind of speak a little bit more loudly and um, Mm -hmm. planning to kind of show um, internationally as well um, at uh, the new kind of Basel or Our Universe show in Switzerland next year. So hoping to kind of expand and put kind of the Canadian name uh, on, a, on the global market as well. Very cool. So um, we uh, anyone can order the product now. You can see the products and buy directly at viren.co, viren being spelled V-I-E-R-E-N dot C-O. Um, where else can one buy these watches? Do you have other distribution channels as well? Right now, we're just focused on direct, and we want to make sure that you know we have the experience that um, we want people to have, um, and 
um, having that control on our own website is something that's really important to us at this beginning stage. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, like um, buying directly from us, it's a way for us to really, you know, um, get build these relationships with our customer and finding out more about them and having that long term um, sort of connection with them, um, as opposed to, um, you know, just having, you know, other retailers carry us and represent us, but we want to do that ourselves and say, hello, <laughs> you know, provide that personal touch that the digital world is missing. Right. So regular listeners to this podcast will know that I sort of obsess over company names. So I'm just wondering where you came up with the name Viren. It looks really nice engraved on the, 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 the box. Um, and Google tells me it's a Dutch word. Is, is that where it comes from? Yes. So apparently it's a Dutch word that means celebrate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just uh, even the name is a funny story. We definitely had uh, a lot of kind of like issues or concerns or um, problems with even finding a name in today's kind of world where, you know, anyone with a website or, you know, a Facebook page. And so Viren really kind of fell on our lap. Uh, we were looking for, you know, words that really represented what we were about. Um, Sunny's all about those V names. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and Viren, exactly. yep. yep. Yeah, um, we, we spent like, we went over like hundreds of names and, you know, there's so many... <laughs> Honestly, like as Jess was saying, like there's so many brands out there with uh, with different names, and it's really hard to find one that's original. And for us, um, I just love using other languages and that's look good as um, the name itself and the type and the way it sounds. And for us, um, Bjorn really resonates who we are. We love to celebrate our timepieces. Our um, you know the pieces that you would want to like celebrate special moments. And that sort of ties back to like my graduation gift, which was a rectangular watch. And it just brings, ah. it's just all these sort of nostalgic things that we wanted to sort of like harvest into one um, sort of brand. Um, these are like all our experiences put together into like Viren and, and really resonates who we are. We love to laugh and, you know, we think, um, celebrating time and, you know, our achievements is very key. So, yeah. Because I, obs because I obsess on company yeah. names, um, did you start with celebrate and look for other, <laughs> for, 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 for the, it's equivalent to other languages, or did you stumble upon Viren and say, Hey, it means celebrate. We can make that work. Uh, if you want to, if you want the insider scoop on the process, um, I went, I stumbled onto like a language site and I just typed in words and it just displayed all the um, different uh, words that mean um, there's about like 50 different languages and it showed all 50 different languages and I just typed in keywords that really resonates who we are um, and it was probably near the end where we typed in celebrate and we're like this is who we are why we're we not doing this and then um, Viren popped up like halfway through in the list and it just read really well and it's it ties into who we are. Yeah. We love to eat. So it comes to <laughs> well, definition is to yeah. feast or to party. And it really just encapsulates, you know, <laughs> our, our mantra. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how many people 
outside of the Netherlands will make the connection. Yeah, <laughs> but celebrate is certainly something we need to do a whole lot more of. We've it, it, it's it's been hard to do over the past year or so, and uh, and so this is a word that probably resonates now more than mm -hmm. ever. And I love V words, so. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, sleek and sexy is the description I've seen of, of your watches. That Those don't strike me as typical Canadian values. So <laughs> how cool is that? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we do have that. I think um, we're just a little bit shy, and but I'm like deep down inside, I'm like we are sleek and sexy. Not gonna lie, I'm like. <laughs> Sunny, oh. you're the you're 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 the designer. Yes. You've got your your eye on the trends. Mm -hmm. What other Canadian brands are sleek and sexy? Canada Goose. Canada Goose. Yes, you know how you don't have to wear anything underneath that Canada Goose to keep you warm. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess I better not bring up Hudson Bay blankets then. Exactly. Keep what is another sleek and sexy Canadian brand? Sleek and sexy Canadian brand. Um, I think that's that's a very good question. I think Viren is a sleek and sexy um, Canadian brand. I think um, there's like designers like D Squared. Um, they 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 are Canadian born and they they have their product made in Italy and they're definitely a they resonate that sort of Canadian vibe and Canadiana and and with like absolute a lot of like style that goes with that too. And they represent us very well if we have to say, um, you know, which Canadians are sleek and sexy or, you know, have absolutely a lot of personality. They're definitely the two. I have to ask you a more normal business yeah. question now and say, you know, what's the plan in terms of increasing awareness, um, building up your marketing, trying to crack some of the international markets that are out there? Um, do you have some capital behind you to do that? Or is it going to be all ingenious rebel marketing like uh, <laughs> your own roaming pride parade floor? <laughs> That's just the beginning. <laughs> Where, 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 where do you see it going? How are you going to get this impact that you want? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, this year we're really kind of uh, expanding where we're kind of speaking to. We wanted to make sure before we kind of uh, promote and get a lot of eyeballs to us that, you know, the house was in a good shape. And so I think we're kind of ready in that time now, um, really hoping to kind of both get the digital pieces, of course, um, getting into, you know, social and web, but really getting into, you know, real life and, and more uh, retail as well. Obviously, with COVID this year, there are some challenges, but we are kind of really thinking about how we can be creative uh, just because there's opportunity for that in today's marketplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're definitely looking at all the platforms and how we can like really leave our mark on these platforms and bring that sort of brand awareness to people who haven't never heard of us and, you know, stir that interest. Do you have a goal or a vision board that says where you want to be at a certain point of time? What what you want to be doing, what you, what you want Viren as a company to be accomplishing by a certain time? Yeah, um, I think right now uh, what we want to do is really highlight the the people behind both, you know, our our kind of brand as well as the people that we want to kind of represent, uh, and then really 
expanding that into the global market with our universe next year. Um, Switzerland is kind of one of the biggest um, places for watchmaking and uh, being able to kind of show at that kind of caliber will take us really to the next level. So it was supposed to be this year. Uh, we were in slate to, oh, sorry, 2020, I should say, uh, to really show there that was the original plan. We've now kind of delayed that by one year, but now we feel like we also know ourselves much better and we're excited to kind of um, share that with the world probably closer to the summer. It seems like they may have a bit of a date change as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like we, you know, we do have our mood boards and we have plenty of plenty of decks that really sort of, you know, are all our plans and direction of where we want to go as a business. We, you know, we re reference these all the time, every day um, to really, um, really guide us to, you know, where we want to go and how we want to grow the business. So to answer that question, yes. I have a I have I have a thousand mood boards for how I want to design and you know have the sort of creative eye on and Jess definitely has these beautiful decks that I look at that really you know is the sort of pathway to where we want to go. Yeah, and I think entrepreneurs right. the one takeaway is that you know we're only two people um, and figuring out how to prioritize that really is kind of what we're focused on right now. We yeah. have a lot of ideas, <laughs> too many, <laughs> put, ideas, I think. So yeah. being focused and making sure that we're prioritizing the right things, I think is really important, especially at the early stages. Yeah. So, so you've got two watch models now and each of them comes in two configurations. Mm -hmm. um, is, 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 is the vision a lot bigger and broader than that or a lot, lots more of different types of watch designs? I, and and is there is the big hairy audacious goal? Does it include moving out to do other sort of high end luxury gift items? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the world is our oyster. Um, we definitely are kind of pushing the the design of the watches, and that's something that we want to continue to do. So we have a couple of designs that are kind of on. Uh, the go right now where, you know, we will kind of be taking the same concepts of, you know, seamless continuity, you know, modernism, um, architecture, art, and really pushing those uh, ideas forward um, and really putting, you know, a new creative spin onto what a watch could be. Yeah, definitely. Like um, in terms of, um, as I think you were asking if we were going to expand to other things that like our focus right now is really just the watches um, really, you know, we've learned a lot from this experience and we want to really play around with um, design and doing something new um, uh, with sort of the new, the next series of watches that we're going to create and really push the envelope the way that the watch industry used to be. Um, it, 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 I remember watching it and seeing how competitive and how, like forward thinking um, that design process and execution was. And we really want to bring that back um, and make it modern again. So so help me understand this better. So you're saying that they sort of lost that edge for I a while? I feel like they have. I think, um, you know, with the, with the, you know, our phones taking over the sort of timekeeping um, device, um, I feel like it's sort of sat in the backseat and just sort of, you know, haven't really pushed the envelope the way that it used to be. Um, maybe I was young and 
the competition was stiff back then um, where there was a lot more watch brands. But I feel like, you know, we want to be the new generation of watch brands that, you know, will push the envelope and, and explore those great ideas. I apologize for not knowing this, but has there been a shakeout in luxury watch brands? Is that what creates this opportunity? Yeah. What when we kind of got into kind of the watchmaking uh, process, what we learned was that you know a lot of the these watch brands actually buy parts from very similar manufacturers, and so you know when that ends up happening, a lot of the designs end up you know looking very similar just because everyone's sourcing from the same parts. So. That was something that was really important to us. Uh, we had the opportunity really to work directly with you know the watchmakers and engineers to design every piece that was kind of bespoke, um, which is why you know the the look of this is a little bit different versus some of the other watches that you see, even from you know a lot of the high end uh, brands that you see out there. Yeah, I mean the 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 they really are beautiful. I don't really I haven't spent a lot of time looking at your competition. But yeah, I mean, you've made incredible works of art. And the idea that, um, you know, that they will last a long time and that parents may hand them down to their children, you know, is, 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 is such a touching idea and very exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's one of those things that even as like when I had my own uh, fashion brand, I wanted to create items that were not necessarily like fast fashion items or like these as I would call it, the basics. Um, um, I wanted to create pieces that would last a lifetime or that would work with your wardrobe. And definitely, you know, that mentality of creating pieces that last, um, quality pieces that last is definitely, you know, resonates in in Viren. And I think with Jess and I, like we have the same sort of standards and, you know, how we want to, you know, have things last forever. And I think now there's a lot of things that don't. (laughs) And I think that sentiment, we want to sort of push out into the open. Often when they launch a fashion line, the founders tend to stick to what they know. But, but, but Sunny, uh, you've got a big experience in, 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 in fashion, but you weren't an expert in watchmaking prior to the launch of Viren. So how has, and, and, and I understand you've been a, you know, a real student of the process. You went and talked to the, to the pros. So yeah. how has your new knowledge of watchmaking and all that mechanics and, and, and the uncanny way they all work together, how has that influenced your design process, you think, going forward? It's always about learning. I mean, um, I wasn't an expert in fashion either. I taught myself um, how to sew and um, sort of run, be part of the business. And it, I think I followed the same p- process um, with watchmaking. Um, I'm like, I'm always up for a challenge. I mean, I I was on Project Runway. There was always challenges. So for me, it was just really learning and really embracing it as a whole and um, just listening to everyone and learning the limits and pushing the limits. Um, For me, um, you know, with fashion, I measured everything in inches and then going down to a 0.1 0.1 millimeter was like drastically <laughs> different. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, I have to put on my glasses for that. Um, but like in terms of scale, yeah, that was a big adjustment. But really learning um, how things are made is quite different. Um, I'm more relying on the engineers and the technicians really to execute my crazy ideas or there's a whole bunch that they said no to, which makes a lot of sense. But those are the things that I've learned to what I can and cannot do. And then 
also pushing um, them a bit to think outside of what their comfort zone is in terms of watchmaking and having them be able to execute, you know, pretty much a lot of our ideas um, is amazing. And I think it was a learning curve on both ends. Um, so for me, learning is is key and being able to adjust to that and really fulfill sort of the end result, which is the watch or the business. Um, for me, yeah, I love learning. <laughs> and this relates back just to what you said right at the top of the show, talking about being curious. Um, being curious, I guess, means pretty much implies that you're open to learning. How do you think learning affects the entrepreneur? And, and you know, is it is it easy for adults to learn? Because sometimes you really have to push yourself into you know, the unknown and maybe even the uncomfortable in order to learn new things. Yes, learning is uncomfortable <laughs> because it makes you feel dumb. I'm just joking. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think it's very true. I think it's very true. No one wants to be made to feel dumb. And uh, I remember when a, a business executive I knew decided he really under, had to understand spreadsheets when they first came out. And he went into an adult education class that was filled with people half his age and, you know, and he stuck to it and, and presumably he benefited from it, but um, to be prepared to learn and to go through that process of rewiring your brain for new things. Um, is that a good process to go through that will enhance the entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I think it's one of the most important, especially for us. I mean, I think if there's anything kind of we learned in the last year, that change will always happen. And, you know, you always have to adapt to change. And to me, learning is about adapting to change. And so it's really one of the critical skill sets really in an entrepreneur um, is being able to do that. I think we tell ourselves that we love to learn to manage that, you know, stress about managing change uh, better. Um, but it's something that we, I think all struggle with, but it's one of the most important skills to really, to really work on. I mean, it makes you more informed and it really opens your eyes to more possibilities. I think, I think, that's where, you know, we're very lucky that, you know, we are curious people and, you know, learning is half the battle, right? Sonny <laughs> always says that's what keeps them young. So. <laughs> I'll buy it. <laughs> are you guys equal partners in this venture? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll take yeah, that yeah, as a yes. Yeah, yep. I took a cup of water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm just wondering what learnings you might share about creating a healthy co-founder relationship because... It's so important that partners can come from very different backgrounds, but it's so important that they're aligned on the future and where they're going and how to get there and what the resources are going to take and how much effort and blood, sweat and tears each of us is prepared to put into it. How do, how, how do you make sure that this partnership works so well? Yeah, I think uh, communication is really key. Uh, I really am grateful that Sunny is someone that is an extremely open and honest person. I know that, you know, I can kind of say anything and he is never judging. He's always kind of open to kind of hearing what I have to say, even if he disagrees. Uh, we always kind of come back together after we've kind of thought about it independently. Um, it really is um, something that uh, we work at uh, kind of on the daily, but it's something that's really exciting to really find a partner that you, you trust um, and that really has your vision uh, in his heart as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think the one thing that we do, um, I mean, we do a lot of speaking, we say what's on our mind, or we have a lot of ideas. But I think the other thing was, we do a lot of listening, we listen to each other, and we, we sort of, sort of sit back and sort of think about what was said, and, and then come back and regroup. And I think that's definitely, you know, the thing that we actually do quite well. And we have a lot of Google Docs and stuff that communicate our ideas too. So like we definitely like have a lot of these things written down that sort of guide us to, you know, achieving our goals. Um, and I think having, you know, putting things down on paper is actually quite important for us. Mm -hmm. And um, I think ultimately, like not having an ego because we have the same vision, right? And ultimately, that is to serve the customer, it's not to serve the both of us. So, how do we have that target, you know, always at the forefront? Sunny, you're you're a designer. Do you object to being <laughs> to someone saying that you don't have an ego? I don't. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> That's fantastic. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. I'm going to go out on a limb here and use the awesome power of a podcast host to ask you a question that you didn't expect me to ask. Um, what's the last thing you guys argued about and how did you settle it? <laughs> what was the last thing we were argued about? Didn't have to be an argument, just a, you know, you, you, you had different strong but different opinions i think argued about food <laughs> like what are we going to eat today <laughs> come on jess how's your memory <laughs> yeah yeah i mean um in terms of just like uh i guess things when we're on different pages uh we had a, a conversation i guess even earlier today about you know managing and how to really plan out you know the next few months of our, our business and i think like when i was looking at you know the amount of effort and time certain things were going to take. Um, I was making certain assumptions, you know, task A is going to be very fast versus task B is going to be very short, you know. And then as I was talking to Sunny, um, I he started to explain, you know, how his process was. And I was like, oh, like, I actually did slice the pie in the right way here. If I just resequence <laughs> these things slightly, it actually would make the whole train, you know, work significantly better. So. Um, I guess that was a couple of hours ago. Uh, I had to just do a little bit more listening there. And I was like, oh, okay, like that actually makes the plan work way better. Um, so hopefully we can execute that in the next uh, few weeks. <laughs> I, I believe that listening can solve a lot of problems <laughs> in life. So I'm, gl I'm, I'm glad you went there. I think that works really well. If things don't work out the way you expect at Viren, what do you think will have happened what was something you didn't expect something you didn't anticipate uh what would make your plans not work out yeah i think there's a, a plethora of uh worst case scenarios all of which i probably played in my own head um that's a good thing we were, when we were uh, kind of going through this venture um and sometimes when i was getting cold feet i think sunny said something to me that i always kind of keep in my head and he said, you know, Jess, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I always kind of keep that top of mind and I kind of jump into the deep end because I really believe in what we're doing. And so I think the, the worst case scenario is if we didn't, um, you know, put our 100 percent behind something that we actually care about. I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, as as I said off the top, I think this sounds like a pretty good team. Very well aligned. They work together like, a, a, I, I don't know, a Swiss watch? 
love it, love it, love it. It's the first metaphor that jumped to mind. I don't know why. So good. As we ease on out of here, just wondering if each of you could offer me one more piece of advice that you think entrepreneurs should take away from this conversation about helping them make an impact in their own market. For me, it's probably finding a mentor um, and then maybe going five, finding in four, five more. Um, <laughs> I've had the privilege of, I think, working with some awesome people. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, working through my career and really building those relationships of people that have really supported me along the way. Um, people that really kind of know who I am and can be a sounding board. Um, I only know what I know. And so it's been extremely helpful to have people that I trust that really know where we want to go, give us, you know, actionable pieces of advice, hold our hand, make us feel good. You know, it's very important because ultimately we're still people, um, and pay it forward. You know, um, lots of people have helped me and I make the time to make sure that, you know, if there's new entrepreneurs, students that just graduated, reach out to people. They're willing to help. So don't be shy. It's Excellent true. advice. Um, yeah, it's true. Exactly what Jet said. Like even helping other people who are just starting their business gives you a little bit more time to reflect on your own in a weirdly objective way and, and you know, being able to satisfy that part that you're able to help somebody else with their business and, you know, contribute to the Canadian economy is amazing. Right. So, and I think for me um, to answer that question, um, you know, really talk to your customer. Uh, I think really find out, you know, what resonates with them and, and really listen to, you know, that piece of advice or that any types of comments and really listen. I think listening is very key. Okay, that's been a theme. Um, some really great themes today. So I thank you so much for this conversation. Be curious about things. Trust your instincts, uh, creativity. Find a mentor. Find five more. I love it. You guys, have I love a- that one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you guys have have had a great journey, and we look very much forward to following you and seeing you conquer the rest of the world. Jess Chow and Sunny Fong are co-founders of Viren, V-I-E-R-E-N, Viren.co, because my birthday's coming up and I think you should all check out that website. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jess and Sunny, and we'll talk to you again. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.